All right, well, happy weekend, everybody. It is good to be with you. Happy month of April. Can you believe it? Also, happy Holy Week. Yeah, it is, it is Holy Week, Palm Sunday last week, Sunday, uh, Good Friday on Friday, and uh, Sunday, Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. Uh, it is good to be with you. I hope that you're doing well. Um, and I also wanted to mention that today is Communion Sunday, so we're going to take communion together at the end of this message. So I want to invite you to get the elements ready for that. We are continuing our series called God is Working. Did you know that? God is working. He hasn't stopped working throughout this pandemic. In fact, he hasn't stopped working ever. He continues to work in our lives, uh, working on our internal being, work on our behalf, uh, work in this world. God is, God is doing a, a work, and uh, you know, it's, it's important for us to learn how to take notice of that. And so today we're going to be talking about how he lifts us. That's part of what God does. He lifts us. And of, of course, this is pertinent to it being Easter uh, Sunday and for us realizing that Jesus' resurrection, uh, that we get to actually benefit and partake in that resurrection. That when Jesus was raised, we can be raised. When Jesus was lifted, we can be lifted. And it's really about an invitation for us to experience that resurrection power. You know, I was thinking about uh, Easter, you know, growing up, for me, uh, you know, Easter was always uh, a tradition in our family. We always uh, went out and my, my parents would, would hide Easter baskets for us and, and put little notes around our backyard for us to, you know, find our Easter baskets uh, and do Easter egg hunts and things like that. But you know, when I was little, I never, uh, I didn't realize that Easter was a part of, had a, had a faith connection. I didn't know really that Jesus was involved in the whole Easter thing. I, I thought it was just like bunnies and Cadbury eggs and things like that. Uh, and it wasn't until later on I, I started to become a Christian and go to church when I was around middle school uh, that, we re that I realized that, oh, Easter and, and church kind of, kind of go hand in hand. They go together, which I thought to myself that, oh, Easter was a day to play hooky from church so we can go and do all the fun stuff and eat chocolate and everything. Uh, so it took me a, a little while to just learn a, what, uh, to, as to what Easter is all about. And, you know, i got to tell you this. I believe I'm still learning. I believe that even though I've been a Christian for over 30 years, I still believe that uh, there's a lot to be learned and gained in understanding what Easter is all about. And you may know the story of Easter, where it, where it came from. But, you know, for me, I, I still feel like there's a, a depth and a why that we can continue to Understand, and so I wanted to, to talk about that a little bit more. Not only the story of Easter, but also the why behind it. What does it mean for us? What does it mean for me and for you, uh, personally, here today in 2021? Um, so I wanted to just, you know, I guess reiterate this idea that the Lord lifts us. The Lord resurrects us. That's part of what it means. For us, that's what Easter means to us. It's not just about the celebration or to just have a, a, a day, you know, or a story that we can kind of hang our, our faith hat on. You know, we can just, it's not just something that in, in, in the story of Jesus to go, wow, he died, was resurrected, therefore I have faith or I don't have faith. It's, it's really a, something personal. It's an invitation. And so I think what it's important for us is to realize that even though we oftentimes see the power of circumstances, we see the power of challenges, we see the, 
that the power of problems, I believe the Lord wants us to see the power of his resurrection that overcomes all those obstacles that we experience. You know, uh, when I was, uh, you know, in, in youth ministry, we used to do this skit where it talked about uh, the power of God. And the way we do this skit was uh, we'd have a, a boss that had a couple guys working for him. One, both guys would be kind of different areas, and they're they putting together these um, tables, and they both have these power drills in their hand, you know? And he said, okay, you know, this boss said, okay, you know, once you put together these tables, I'll come back and see you in a half an hour. Well, half an hour later, the boss comes back, and one guy, he's got like 10 tables built, while the other guy, you know, he's he's... You know, still working on the first one. Now, they were in different rooms. They couldn't see what each other were doing. You're watching. What's taking you so long? You need it. You're, you're, it's taking you forever. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm working so hard. And he was, man. He was working hard. He was sweating. He was working hard. While the other guy was just knocking him out, you know. And he finally was watching to see what he was doing. And well, one guy, you know, they, they both had these, these power drills in their hand. But the one guy who was, still, who was working it, well, he just never plugged it in. And he was just kind of using this power drill like, like a screwdriver, you know. And he's just like... Oh man, what kind of guy are you? You gotta plug it in. And uh, you know, anyway, of course, when you do this skit, it's a lot funnier than how I told it. But I thought it was important to just uh, to to realize and to remember. I thought that that story or that skit's a good illustration that all too often we have power uh, that has been given to us, but many of us are not connected to that source of power. Uh, a lot of times we try to muscle our way through life and don't realize that God has given us resurrection power. You know, as I think about power, I, I think a lot of t- about when we lose power. You know, isn't it amazing what happens when you lose power? It's like you can't really do much of anything. You know, you can't, you know, use any of your, your refrigerator or your, you know, oven or any of your appliances. You know, it's just like you can't do anything. And when it happens around our house, you know, we, we get all excited for about the first 30 minutes. You know, we're lighting candles and stuff, you know, and telling stories and whatever uh but then you know you hope it doesn't last too long since like you need that that power but if you compare that uh situation you went to, to a more dire circumstance if you've ever been to a third world country uh where people don't have power i had actually experienced that in some different areas villages down in mexico where people didn't have didn't have power and um yeah you just think yeah how can you, how can you go through life you know not having you know, electricity, you know, and, and uh, kerosene lanterns and things like that. Um, but I think about that. That's really a good imagery for us for the, because many of us uh, will either, one, go through life with uh, yeah, experiencing power outages on a regular basis where we find ourselves kind of connecting and then disconnecting from God. And when we're disconnecting, we wonder why things are, are so difficult and why it's such a struggle. Maybe even some of us uh, haven't ever even experienced the power of God, this resurrection power that I'm talking about. It's like, well, I, I, I mean, I know about God. I've heard things about God, but I've never, never experienced it. And, and I really want to encourage us today to, to realize, you know, if, whether, wherever we are, if we've never experienced God's power or, or if we have, all of us can grow and continue to learn and can uh, receive the power of God in our lives because guess what we need it we go through things that are difficult painful we go through troubles we go through challenges but god has said i want to give you resurrection power to overcome these things and so that's really 
what Easter is all about. It's more than just a day to celebrate. It's more than just, you know, having some fun. It, it, it is those things. And it's more than just looking back at a story that we just kind of hang our faith on. Oh, Jesus you know, resurrected from the dead. Therefore, that's kind of the story where I put my faith on. It's more than those things. It's something that we can receive that can be transformative, and it is transformative in our lives, that we can experience that power. So as we, we talk about that, I wanted to uh, take some time and talk about this story of Jesus 2,000 years ago. What happened? What was going on here? And really what, what happens is this, this guy comes on the scene named Jesus. was different than any other person that had ever lived. And it just, it kind of blew people's minds. He kind of stuck out like a sore thumb in a lot of ways. And it either caused people to, to follow him uh, and, and give up everything, like leave their, their jobs, leave their homes, and to follow him, or on the opposite end, become jealous and, and, and get filled with contempt. So it just, it kind of caused this uh, uh, division in, 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 uh, in, the, in the community of, of, of Israelites or Hebrews at that time. And, and so there's this, there's this uh, division that's happening because of Jesus. And, and why did that happen? Well, for one, he was, he was a teacher that was teaching about the kingdom of God. And people had never heard that before. And so they were thinking, man, this is easy. we've never heard this type of teaching before. So, so that was one. People were just uh, were either locked in or they felt threatened. And then on the other other hand, or something else to, to include is that Jesus also was was healing people and, and doing things that nobody had ever seen. And we're talking about people who were blind now could see. Uh, we're talking about leopards, uh, lepers being cleansed. I sorry, sorry, I said leopard. I'm, I'm looking forward to to the zoo this coming weekend. Uh, we're, we're talking about, you know, like he, Jesus was touching people's, uh, touching them physically, and they were being healed. And also what was happening, there was this spiritual uh, transformation, Jesus talking about the kingdom of God and people's lives. And so there were people that were just following, thousands and thousands of people are following him. And then there started to be this group of people that started to band together, come together, and be filled with contempt, jealousy, anger, and hatred towards Jesus. And so there becomes this, this uh, point, this, this um, I guess, where it all kind of comes together at the end of Jesus' life, where the question of who is he really? Because the disciples began to say, he's the Messiah. He's the promised one. He's the Son of God. He's the one that the prophets have been talking about. And, and, and on the other side, they're saying, no, he's a false teacher. He's a false teacher. And so there's this kind of this conflict about who Jesus really was. So the question of, was he the Messiah, caused such division and conflict? You know, and I got to tell you, it's like, like almost like that conflict still hasn't ended 2,000 years later. There still is that point of conflict uh, on that deciding of who you believe Jesus is. And so as people were filled with this contempt on this side, these Pharisees, these teachers of the law, they had this self-righteous jealousy and rage towards Jesus, what they decided to do is decided to band together and they decided to have him arrested. Yes, they did. They had him arrested. They put him on trial. They accused him of all these things. And his, his friends, his disciples, all that had been with him had deserted him. They just all got so filled, filled with fear. 
And uh, so they, they, they uh, accused him, put him on trial, and then they decided, even though, even though he, there was nothing that could be found against him, nothing that could be found, they decided that they were going to go ahead and they were going to put him on the cross and they were going to kill him anyway. And so that's what they did. They whipped him, they stripped him of his, of his clothing, they nailed, nailed him to the cross, and they left him for dead. And as he's up on the cross, they're hurling insults at him. And one of the key insults, one of the key things that they said, if you are really the Messiah, then save yourself. You know, prove it. Prove who you are. It was like this testing of who he was to his face. So as they were testing him, if you are the Christ, then save yourself. You know, it's really important that we realize, especially on Easter, that even though Jesus could have come off the cross and saved himself, and he would not have fulfilled prophecy, which was to die and then to be resurrected. Why is that important for us? Because the story of Easter is so that we could be resurrected also from our own sin and our own, uh, the, and from the power of death in our own life. So what ends up happening? Jesus breathes his last when he's on the cross, and and then the. The disciples, they, they took his body down and they, they put him in the tomb and uh, they, they rolled this big uh, stone and they put a, a guard uh, uh, in front of the, 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 um, the, the, the tomb and they, they uh, said, you know, because these disciples might, um, they, they might you know, try to take him away because they had heard that, you know, he, they believed that he would be resurrected. So they, they guarded the tomb. And uh, so this happens like, on, uh, on a Friday, he's put on the cross, and then so by Sunday, what ends up happening was, you know, uh, people went to go see him. They went to go see his grave site, and what they, what they found was that the, the stone was no longer there. The stone had been rolled away, and as they approached this tomb, it was empty, except there were two uh, angels that were there, and they said, why do you look for the living among the dead? And Jesus had had fulfilled prophecy. He had beaten death. He had been resurrected. And from that point on, then Jesus began to, not only it wasn't just that moment, but he began to uh, visit different people, visit different friends, to reveal himself, the risen Christ, to encourage them, to show them that the, the kingdom that he was establishing was not of the earth. The kingdom that he was establishing was the kingdom of God, it was something that was not just a, a local uh, temporary government, but it was something uh, eternal and everlasting. And so he had to, to, to show them this power over death, this power of the resurrection that was in his, that, that he was not only, uh, that, that God not only revealed to man, but that he would then invite people to participate and partake in. You know, God does demonstrate on the at this moment, that God, that God does demonstrate the power of death. And he did prove that Jesus was the Messiah. And he did provide uh, sacrifice and justice for all man's sin, that we would be forgiven of our sin. And Jesus' death and resurrection was also an invitation for us to receive and experience the power of God. Yeah, the power of the resurrection is something that each one of us are invited to experience. You know, and I think about this. You know, you know, many of us might, might say, "I've never even 
experience this resurrection power that you're talking about. I've never experienced that some type of power in my own life. And, and, and I think that what we had talked about with this, you know, power outages, we can look at that spiritually for, for ourselves. Maybe, maybe some of us uh, have experienced power, power outages where we have experienced God's presence and God's power, but then you know, all too often we find ourselves disconnected, doing things on our own strength. Or maybe some of us have never experienced God's power in our life. We can't, we can't even think of it at a time. Or maybe some of us would say, yeah, I do experience God's power, but I'd, I'd like to experience more. I'd, I'd love to experience more of God's power in my life. So we have to understand that this idea of God wanting to invite us to receive the, the, the power, the, of the re- resurrecting power in our lives, that we have to realize that spiritually that God wants to offer that to us. He wants to invite us into that so we can fully experience it. You know, Jesus' death and resurrection was for the purpose of fulfilling a promise that was made to us. It was a promise that was made, and it was made uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, seven or eight hundred years even before Jesus came on the scene through the prophet Isaiah, where he said, he, he begins to give uh, a message, and it's a promise that we could expect. He said, here's what's going to happen. Here's what you can ex- expect from God. Then seven seven, 800 years later, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, that promise that was made, I'm here to fulfill it. That promise that you've been looking for, I'm here to make sure you can receive that promise, that message through me, Jesus Christ. What was that promise? That was the promise of resurrection power. And here was this message. Here was this promise that was listed through the prophet Isaiah that Jesus said, now that promise is being fulfilled and that we can experience. Let me read for you this message, this promise that was, that was offered to people in, in, in Jesus' time all the way through and even to us to this day. Here's the message. Broken hearts will be mended. Slaves and the oppressed, and those who are under control will be set free. Those who are in darkness will come into the light. Where there is was injustice, God will bring justice. Our grief and our pain will be comforted. What was broken will be restored. What was destroyed will be made beautiful. Where we have experienced sadness, we will be given joy. Instead of consequence, we are given grace. Circumstances and despair, God then gives us a reason to worship. From our places of rebellion, we were called then to the righteousness of God. What was ruined can be and will be rebuilt. While the world has names for us that include insults, the Lord calls us children and ministers of God. From our poverty, we are promised the inheritance from our loving Heavenly Father. The Lord promises favor on us. You see, that promise that was given through Isaiah and that Jesus said would be fulfilled in me, he said, this is the resurrection power that I want to give you. You see, all those things that I had talked about, those are things that we experience. But God says, I'm going to give you the power to overcome all of these things. I want you to overcome all these things. 
Jesus says, it is in me, it is through me that this message is fulfilled. Jesus' death and resurrection is the good news. It is the gift. That is the power of the resurrection that would be fulfilled in our relationship with him. You see, that's what he, he promises to us. And, and though on this earth we experience the fullness, or, or we, we experience his resurrection power in part, we experience it in full in eternal life with him. You see, this is good news. This gives us reason to celebrate and reason to worship. That on this earth, our lives are short, yet we can experience this good news in part, but then in the fullness on the other side of eternity. You see, Jesus was raised so that you would be raised. Jesus was lifted so that you would be lifted. You see, the story of Easter it isn't finished yet. Did you know that? Because God is still doing the work of lifting each one of us. Did you know that? You see, in the grand story thousands of years ago, uh, God began writing the story of Easter, and he's not done with it yet. He's still writing it. So if you can imagine this story that he's writing somewhere, uh, maybe when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll look at this, this grand story that he had written and we'll find somewhere in chapter 2021, on, let's say, page 94, there you go. He'll find us this year, this Easter experience, where he'll be able to say, I want to write down this experience. I want to write down the people's names that said, I want to be lifted. I want to be resurrected in my life. I want to experience the power of the resurrected Christ in my life so that I can uh, experience what he has for me. That I don't have to stay under the oppression, the struggle, the challenges, the pain, but I can be lifted above these things. So I want to invite you to take communion with me because in our communion, uh, we are saying, because our faith in him, that we can be transformed, we can be changed, we can receive this power in him. So I want to invite you to take communion with me. Jesus says this, On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for the brokenness and the sacrifice and the life-giving power that you give us. As you said yes to God in obedience that it would mean for our uh, transformation that we can walk away from our rebellion or walk away from our sin so that we can enter into new life, a whole life, an abundant life with you. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup, is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the, the cup together. So we thank you for the blood that was spilled on our behalf, that it would mean for the cleansing of our sin the purification uh, of, of our iniquities, our mistakes, our flub-ups. So we ask that you purify us. It says in your word that you you'd remember our sins no more, that we become purified, we become the uh, righteousness of God. So God, we thank you for this resurrection power. God, we ask and invite it uh, into, into our lives. We, we accept the invitation that you've given to us to receive the uh, the power of the resurrection in our lives over the circumstances, the problems, the trials, the challenges in our life that we can experience new life in you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, everybody. Have a great Easter. We'll see you soon.